and welcome to another episode of In My Sweats with your host, Jay Menz. This is a place where you can learn and laugh with your girlfriends. Hey guys, we're doing things a little bit differently today. I wanted to share my journey through figuring out that I had three autoimmunes the moment I had an emergency C-section. And these autoimmunes have been lying dormant for a long time, and I tried to power through them. But you know what happens when you try to power through something and you don't acknowledge the truth of where you are? That thing comes back 10 times worse. So this is all about when I started noticing that my system wasn't working as well as my friends and family. And it all starts when I was nine years old and I went into my mom and dad's room at night and I tried to wake my mom up and I told her that I had a really sore throat and she was like, go back to bed and well, she wasn't like me and she was just sleeping. And I was like, mom, come on, I'm dying here. And she said that she was like, what is going on? And then when she finally turned the light on, she was like, ah, and she stood there screaming because my neck was tilted all the way sideways. And I had this huge, like softball sized lump on the side of my neck. And she said it was like a horror story. It was like, a horror movie to wake up and your kid is just sideways like, ow, my throat hurts. And so from that point on, she's like, okay, she's not just playing a victim. This is an actual thing. So she took me to the emergency room and they said that I had lymphedema in my neck. I was nine years old and lymphedema in your neck when you're nine years old is really uncommon and just kind of weird and natural medicine wasn't as big as it was as it is now because if i was born in 84 and i was 9 years old it was like 92 or 93 so 1992 or 1993 and i'm sitting in the er and i'm a 9 year old with lymphedema in my neck so they drained it and i don't really know what that means cuz i don't really remember but i assume they put a needle in the lump and then just sucked it out with a needle but i don't really know what happened that was just a story I was told throughout my life was that, oh, they sucked it out. I'm like, okay, what the hell does that mean? But I didn't know how weird that was until things started happening even more as I got older. So nine years old, first weird thing. What comes next? The biggest thing that comes next, and there was strep throat multiple times, all that normal quote unquote kid stuff that came up. But when I was 20, 24 years old, I went to Chicago to go see a guy I was dating. And we had planned this wonderful weekend of seeing him play and going out to dinner with his buddies. And I was sick before I got on the plane to go see him, but I went anyway because I'm not one to miss a traveling opportunity. So I went and then I came home and I could barely swallow. And I was like, oh, I'm so sick. And I just thought I had strep throat or something. So my parents were like, okay, she's, she sounds weird. She's talked about her sore throat enough. Let's see what's happening. So my dad gets out a flashlight 
and he shines it into my mouth and he goes, oh my God. And my mom's like, you got to take her to the ER. I hadn't even looked at my throat and it makes me cover my mouth as I'm saying this because I can go back to how I felt from their reaction. And then when I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, sick. Like you could barely see my throat at all. It was the, um, the glands were so swollen. My tonsils were so swollen. They were pressing together with little white spots on them. And so I went to the ER with my dad and I'm waiting in the room and I'm like thinking they're going to come back and say I had strep throat, been through it before. They come back and they say, well, you have a double ear infection, you have strep throat, you have mono, and you have scarlet fever. Okay, just let that process for a second. Scarlet fever. This is not the 1910s, not the 1900s, 1800s. Like when was scarlet fever the most popular? This is, this is 2000s and I had scarlet fever. And so it became this running joke with my friends and I, and I was like, you guys, I'll be writing you with my long feather pen from now on because I have scarlet fever. And I used to be... I used to, this is really weird. I'm admitting something that I've, I don't even know if I've admitted this to anyone, but I used to eat a lot because I thought that would make me feel better faster. And I thought that I wouldn't be as sick as much as if I stuffed my face. Now, I don't know where that came from, but honestly, I had mono symptoms for one or two weeks and I gained 10 pounds. What? Normally people lose like 20 pounds and my friend got it and she had lost so much weight. And it was in that phase where you're like, yeah, sickness equals weight loss. And so when I gained 10 pounds from mono, I was like, I'm freaking doomed. I'm doomed. I will never lose. Who gains weight when they have mono? What the hoozy? So I gained 10 pounds. I go meet up with a different boyfriend. And he's like, <laughs> I swear he was looking at me thinking that I would be way skinnier. And he's probably like, what the hell? I thought she said she had mono, but who knows? He probably didn't even notice. So that was like the next weird thing. Then, oh, maybe that was when I was 23. Then I'm 24. I'm in Thailand and I'm in Bangkok in this hotel and I'm in the hallway and I told my bestie who I was traveling with, I felt like my legs were tree trunks. And I was like, I don't know what is going on, but I feel like my legs are tree trunks. Like they're just so heavy. And it felt like rain kept going down the back of the legs. And I, I kept checking. I kept looking behind me to see if I had sat on something wet. It was like trickles down. And then I had this feeling in my mind, my brain, where it was just moving back and forth. And I was like, whoa, and I feel like I'm on a boat. I don't know what is going on here. And it was my first experience with vertigo, something I've battled since 2009. It's now 2019. And not every day, not every week, not every month, but I have experienced vertigo for 10 years straight. And it doesn't take me down and it doesn't make me depressed anymore. But let me tell you, those first probably five to seven years of having it chronically and teaching fitness full-time, I'm insane. 
And I say that in a, in an observatory view because literally I am insane. I was teaching bar and yoga and going upside down and having vertigo the entire time. And when I told my friends that I couldn't meet up with them and I said I had really bad vertigo, I knew they thought I was giving this excuse of like, oh, she's just using that as an excuse. She doesn't want to go out with us. But really it was because I was so dizzy that I would lay on the couch and tell my husband I'd rather be dead than experience that kind of dizziness. And then what happens when you have that dizziness is you have so much anxiety because you're like, shit, when is this going to happen again? And what I can't make plans because when you have something chronic and it's invisible, you seriously can't make plans because you don't know how you're going to feel. And people might be like, power through it. Okay. When you have, you've never, if you've never experienced vertigo, you don't get it. You have no idea what it feels like. And a lot of chronic invisible sufferers feel the same way. They're like, I have Lyme, I have fibromyalgia, I have Hashimoto's, I have, uh, I mean, a million things. And if you don't see it, it's really hard to understand. And I get it from both sides. I truly understand it. A little fearful to fit tip here. Be compassionate for things you don't understand, right? Okay. So back to the health journey. So I'm feeling this vertigo, these tree legs, this water running up and down the back of my legs. And that in 2009 started the most progressive kind of illness and symptom piling one on top of the other. And it was with me for those eight months I traveled in Asia as a 25-year-old I did not know what was going on. I hadn't been, I hadn't ever heard of vertigo. It got so bad the last month or so I was traveling that when I, I Skyped my parents and they had asked me if I'd been drinking. And I said, I was so like, just no, haven't been drinking. Why do you guys ask? And I could hear myself doing that but I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, I'm just so hot. I'm dehydrated because it was so hot there. But looking back, I'm like, what? I mean, seriously, what was that? Now we've had a few different ideas about what could have been going on. One, I might've gotten a parasite in Thailand and it's very rare. It's microscopic. And that's why I've been searching for years to figure out why I feel quote unquote off. Now, if I do have it and I... I was diagnosed with this, but it's so hard for me to believe because, you know, when you are going from doctor to doctor, spending tens of thousands of dollars trying to figure out what's wrong with you, and one doctor says this, and then the next says this, you really stop believing in whatever they're saying because you're like, I trusted some at one point, and then you lost my trust because maybe you diagnosed me, and then that was it. And then it was like, well, figure it out on your own. So somewhere along the line, I lost trust with doctors. So they diagnosed me with amoeba histolytica. It's a microscopic parasite. And you can really only know for sure if you have it with a smear test they do in New York. But weirdest thing ever, I live in Gig Harbor, which is an hour south of Seattle. And I happened to be going to this Chinese herbalist in Polsbo, Washington, 40 minutes south of me, or never eat soggy wall, maybe 
Southwest. You guys don't ask me for directions anywhere. Uh, maybe Southwest of me. He's like the number one Chinese herbalist, whatever guy. And so he's like, these herbs work for 90% of people. If not, it's super common to have this. And then he was asking if I'd ever been to Asia. And I was like, what is happening? And so he was the one to send me to this ER doctor. The ER doctor diagnosed me with that. This is 10 years after I started having these really weird symptoms. Now, in between that time, I've traveled to San Francisco three times to meet with a chiropractor slash muscle tester who gave me sometimes up to 30 different bottles of supplements. And for the first time after taking those supplements for four months, and you can you know how expensive that is. For the first time in years, I had no vertigo. So I was like, whoa, this could be something. And he said I had parasites, intestinal parasites. And he said it could be something as small as fulfilling a, nutri a vitamin deficiency or a nutrient deficiency. And when I changed my diet, when I stopped eating processed carbs, I eliminated fruit for like six years. I've done it all. I've done the sugar detoxing. I've done candida cleanses. I've done parasite cleanses, lymphatic flushes, a pancreatic gallbladder. I've done it. I've taken the tonics. I went to detox school in Punta Gorda, Florida and became a certified regenerative detoxification specialist because I was that adamant on figuring out what the F was going on. I have every book you can imagine on adrenals, thyroids, lymphatic system, healing, all the medical medium books right when they came out, Dr. Morse, lymphatic cleanses. I mean, it is, it's insane the things that I've tried. So what's the point of telling you all this? Well, one, I wanted to share my story because I know some of you are dealing with chronic autoimmunes. Now, this leads me We'll get back to the points, but this leads me into when I figured out that the root of my issue could be parasites, sure, but something inside me says it's Epstein-Barr virus. So when, this is another funny diversion, I was like losing my shit. And so I go and see the top neuropsychiatrist in Seattle and I am put through like eight hour tests multiple times, multiple days. And the fun, I mean, I have such a sense of humor about this stuff because if you don't, you'll crumble. It is so funny the things I've done. And oh my God, talking to people about the things that we've tried to feel better, it's a comedy routine. It's seriously so damn funny. I had these electrodes on my head at one point. I've done cranial sacral therapy, lymphatic massages. Uh, like I said, I'm a detox specialist. Before that, I was doing detoxes. I probably, like at one point, a doctor told me that I cannot detox anymore. He's like, your body has nothing left to give up. Stop detoxing. And I was like, you'll never hear the end of this. <laughs> but after I had my emergency C-section with my sweet little Bodhi man, I was just not getting better. And all the things I had done in the past that had worked successfully were not working. So I lost a lot of blood, obviously, because I had major abdominal surgery. I couldn't build it back up. I was taking blood builders. I was drinking beet smoothies. I was vegan for a year. 
I mean, I, I really did try it all. Um, and vegan with no soy products, no nuts, no, and you guys like I've done it juiced, smoothied, boom, balada, boom. So I knew I needed to get a blood test because something inside of me was like, it's not working. My system is not working. So I ended up testing positive for, uh, adrenal hypofunction chronic Epstein-Barr virus, and uh, uh, hypothyroidism. So I get these three autoimmune diagnoses, and I'm like, finally, thank you. I knew something was going on with me, and it's finally like a blood test. I'm getting results, like actual results that you can read, not like that a muscle tester puts his hand over my belly, lifts my arm up, puts it down, puts a supplement next to it, and then tells me to take these 40 pill bottles. So I'm getting these blood results and I'm like, hallelujah, yarika. And I start doing the protocols. And then I reread my medical medium books and I realize that the stress of running a business, being a full-time mom, being a wife to someone who never has a regular schedule. Our babysitter moved, gave us two weeks notice for things I had planned out. And you know, if you're a mama and you have a babysitter, it takes a really long time to find a new one because you have to trust that person. So two weeks notice, probably awesome for a regular job, but for a business owner and basically a 75% single mom, I was like, Oh my God. So you can sense my anger in that. I was angry, more probably more sad, but definitely angry. And just like, what am I going to do? So the stress of all that knocked me on my ass. I was on the couch for like two days. I was crying. I was telling my husband, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like for so many problems in my life and challenges. I've, I've been like, well, this sucks, but let's power through. Well, this sucks, but here's the answer. But when you have a kid who's chatty and who is hilarious and just wants to chill and is really happy, just wakes up happy, goes to bed happy, seriously, like just a sweetheart, but he wants to play with the balls and the books and the bear and the basketball and the trampoline and, and all the toys that in itself is a full-time job. Then you pile on private clients, a mastermind you launched two months prior, a retreat that's coming up, podcast, I mean, everything. And, and I'm not saying that to be like, ugh. I'm saying that to be like, it's just a lot at once. And with a husband who's getting overtime and working 48-hour shifts, and you are diagnosed three autoimmunes, you can imagine that stress is just going to exacerbate everything. So here's what helped me in the last knockdown fight with my autoimmunes that just, they refuse to leave when I'm bogged down. When I'm fancy, footloose, woo, girl strip, they're like, you go do your thing, girl, stress-free. But when I'm at home and the reality of everything comes back, it's like, I'm doing my fingers like um, Monte Burns on The Simpsons, any 80s and 90s children. 
I'm doing my fingers because like the autoimmune goes, thank you for opening up nice and wide and allowing us to really F up your system. And so that's what happened. So here's the things that it didn't take me down that long this time, which is amazing because before this, it would have taken me down for weeks and then I would just be so sad. So I've been taking Echinacea Supreme, vitamin D. I used to take a Lorisidin slash Monolaurin for the Epstein-Barr killer, but it's just too powerful for me. So I take breaks and then I might start with one pellet and then work my way up, but really it just really knocks me down. I think the toxins just come out too fast. So buy Monolaurin. Epstein-Barr people, that's something you're going to want to write down. Monolaurin. Now, the next thing I've been taking, I feel like it's called, I wish the bottles were in front of me, but it's called like a Immuplex or Immuniplex. And it's an immune booster. It's incredible. Those two things, three things, vitamin D, Echinacea Supreme, and then Immuplex. Sorry, guys, I, I need to look at what the bottle is, but those three things, amazing. Now, sometimes with golden milk, I feel great. Like, honestly, my system changes so much that I could be doing golden milk at night as like a relaxer, feeling so good. And then I take it the next night and something happens. Like, I just feel funky. My head hurts. I get really moody. I'm like, boom, exhausted. And I don't know. It's just like a very, your, your system is so delicate. And stress in your life is going to be different every day, every hour, every minute, right? So if you're doing something and it affects you one way, one day, it doesn't mean it's going to be carried on every single day. Like medical medium says to wake up and have a celery juice right in the morning, wait 30 minutes. Then if you want to have your coffee or whatever else, do that uh, heavy metal detox smoothie and then he has this whole protocol for killing the Epstein-Barr, strengthening your thyroid, getting your lymph system moving. And it's awesome. I think it's all plant-based, but um, I'm going to have to look at that again, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I go through phases. And the whole point of this is to be like, sometimes I do the celery juice in the morning and then Bodhi hasn't slept all night. Alex is gone. I'm exhausted. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing the. And I get mad at it. I'm like, I'm not doing the celery juice. Okay. I'm not freaking doing it. So I don't, and I don't feel bad about it. And then I might do it the next day, or I give myself like a two day break. And I don't know why I'm mad at it. I think it's because it's like, you just feel like you just want to be normal. You just want to wake up and be able to drink a cup of coffee and feel good. But you can't because your immune system is compromised. So you have to do different things and accepting that is part of it, right? And it's accepting it over and over and over again. You think you can be normal because you're feeling so great and then you do something stupid and you're like, I forgot, I can't have a glass of wine. No. Um, so those are the things that have worked for me. That's kind of how I became this holistic health coach and how I became so passionate about how one size does not fit all and it never will. It is my greatest purpose in this life to make you feel seen and heard and to activate the gifts within you because we all have them. And 
the fact that I was able to just rap on this, I'm not talking to anyone, I'm not letting anyone else shine, shows me how far I've come. Because I used to not want to do this podcast or record it unless I was interviewing someone. But it's like, girl, you have a message to share, so share it. Ah, now breathing out. 